Today we have a very special guest in our Caught by Surprise. I'm super excited to have him here. And one of the main reasons is like, as we know, Canada is a small business country, right? We have 98% of the companies out there with less than 500 employees. And actually more than 50% of those companies have less than five employees. So during this situation, I think nothing better than hear from Kevin Fisker or Microsoft president, what's going on in the market, what's going on inside Microsoft, and what are some good messages and advices that he can share with us? So starting with my first question to you, Kevin, I don't know if you're my right or left. <laughs> I'm not sure where you are either, yeah. but you're looks, up there in the ecosystem. That's fantastic. Yes. I, yeah. I want to start with like a very personal question to you. Sure. And sure. then you can talk a little bit about yourself and your family maybe. So yeah. in this new norm, what changed it for you and how are you working from home? Wow. Yeah, that's I think I'm I'm one of uh, probably what what do we have as an employee base, something like 11 million Canadians are employed across the country in various forms or more. And pretty much everyone has had some form of a change. So I'm consistent with that. For me, I, Guy, you probably know, I travel over 100 to 150 days a year. And so being grounded in a sense, uh, not being uh, spending a lot of time in airplanes and airports is uh, actually the first time in my entire career where I've been so stable. And what's really changed has been this decided engagement from a work perspective with so many in a virtual way. It really is a new way of working. We're super fortunate at Microsoft. We were already fully deployed on Teams and I was consistently engaging with global teams, uh, you know, 15, 20 countries all over the world at any one time. So I was used to that methodology. My actual manager or boss resides in Paris, France. And so I am always engaging with him virtually as well. So that, that was pretty normal. But the idea of doing it from home, where I actually never work from home, uh, is brand new. And then the similar challenges that other folks are having, where usually I'd wake up in the morning, get in the car or go to the airport and then be 100 percent focused on my work environment and what I wanted to accomplish in that sense. I find being at home, I'm constantly moving in from being a dad, being a husband, engaging at home in terms of helping the kids with some of their schoolwork, uh, helping uh, and answering questions with my spouse, with Karen, who's a professor at Ryerson University. And I'm actually loving it because I, I was speaking with this, a few of my colleagues. We can't remember when we've had this concentrated time at home and it's been fantastic. Comes with challenges, of course, but it's been fantastic. Wow, it's amazing. And as you mentioned, you were connected now uh, globally, right? Yes. You, you talk with That's all right. the leaders from Microsoft. Yeah. You you spend time with Satya, right? You spend time yes. with Jean-Philippe, like those special leaders for us. What can you share with this community in Canada, customers and partners mm -hmm. uh, that you are seeing inside Microsoft globally that we could leverage in, inside our own companies as well? Yeah, I think there there's definitely some learnings, Guy, around uh, how a large company responds in a situation like this. Clearly a black swan, an exogenous event that many of us 
while we had business continuity plans in place, many of us never imagined the scope, scale, and implications of what's currently occurring all around us, not just not just in Canada, but frankly, everywhere on the planet. Uh, just prior to this, I came off a call where we had, I believe it was 32 different regional leaders representing 183 countries around the planet on the call. And so we may think we're kind of unique in some circumstance, but my friend Anand who runs India, there's over a billion people who've been designated to work from home. Uh, friends in Africa, they're having to do the same. And so this change of environment is one where as a company, we've clearly had to respond very, very quickly. There's a few things that I think are great learnings from that. Number one is, immediately the company went into this kind of sense of crisis management mode which brought about an entirely different cadence of running the business and also reframed the prioritization of what was important and what should what decisions needed to be made in uh, at what pace and in what uh, what order a real shift in that regard it was amazing to see the importance of leadership as well, where Satya Nadella, who runs a company of over 150,000 people in every corner of the globe, Satya literally changed the entire cadence of his leadership team from once per week to every single day, and in many cases, multiple times a day as new information was feeding in. Uh, uh, one of the senior leaders was kind of put up, taken away from his normal job and put into this job of globally aligning how we would respond to uh, our customers, our partners, and importantly, with our own staff and team members within the Microsoft ecosystem. And if, as you can imagine, new information coming in from each of the regions around the world who were at different stages of impact from COVID. We then took that learning and implemented it here in Canada. We went to literally daily, every day at 8.30, we have a connection, 30 minutes to an hour, depending upon what the agenda is. We have a formal agenda that we go through, and then obviously open items that are raised as a leadership team in Canada. We have a weekly call as a management community. There's over 200 managers just in Microsoft Canada who represent the few thousand folks that work for Microsoft. Uh, we have that connection. We feed information comes from those areas. It of course then comes from frontline teams and customer engagements, feeds up. We uh, take and prioritize issues and then we work for resolution and response. I think there's this, this idea that from a clarity perspective that really resonates here is during crisis we need to pause and then anticipate what the next scenarios will be and how we respond to those scenarios and while we're going through this pause anticipation cycle we're constantly reevaluating decisions we've already made and testing the validity of them the other component which has been a real learning is just the the concept i remember in grad school of strategy approaching strategy or actions like boiling the ocean when you're trying to catch a fish will take a really long time but you're certain to catch a fish if you boil the entire ocean 
versus with the best information available, being kind of strategic as to where you might throw your line in to catch that fish, you are likely to have a faster, much more successful result in a time frame that will be resonant with what you want to achieve. And from a business perspective, this idea of not operating with full information as a leader is one of the areas of agility that we've really had to adjust to. For sure. That's super powerful. Like just thinking about this network of leaders across the globe, right? And so many things you you guys are seeing so different, as you said, like depending on the country you were you were yeah. talking about. That's super powerful. And I love to say like this is all happening with, with the Microsoft technology, right? It's Microsoft Teams, Power Apps, right? That you're leveraging internally. Absolutely. So it's amazing to see the potential of the technology and how it's helping us and customers and partners out there. Should we yes. go through this tough time? Yeah, I think a lot of customers, Guy, as you know, have moved to the idea of work remote means we connect remotely, like you and I are doing here, where we're both on video and we can see each other. A much stronger medium of human interaction, we know that, versus just being on, you know, old old school, being on a conference call. Yeah. But, but remote work is way more than that. And the ability to not just connect, but to then be able to dialogue, especially in a meeting scenario, through a robust chat window, to be able to have side comments, to be able to pull in information, presentations, uh, co-authoring, whiteboarding, co-collaboration that occurs, to be able to find the documents that you need to have a successful meeting, to be able to then determine in real time, co-creating and what are the priorities that we're gonna execute on, getting alignment and then moving on. I think this that's where the power of the technology comes into play, which is much different than had we had this crisis occurred for humanity five years ago. I, I truly believe that the technology platforms that are in place and, you know, Microsoft, as you know, we're we're being utilized around uh, around the world and large companies through to very small. But the co-creation collaboration components is what is allowing us to respond in a much more professional manner to the situation that is at hand. I have one last question for you before sure. I go to the challenge. Right, sure. You need to challenge you. Um, love sharing this experience, what we're seeing inside Microsoft. When you look at our country, when you look at Canada, you were spending yes. time with our big customers, our enterprise customers, banks, healthcare, right, all these institutions, including the, the public sector as well. Right, do you have any message you can share with us looking from the top and how this is going in to impact Canada or how can we go through some, some of this, this challenge together? Yes, well, like many other leaders we I, i'm doing my own research here and reading quite widely around what are the potential situation what, what are the potential circumstances as outcomes that we could see from this i think there's a few components one by the way that i would recommend to everyone to have a read of is mckinsey came out with um with an article called uh, covid 19 implications for business if you search that you'll you'll see one of their effective white papers that they produced. And in that, they go through this series of uh, the 
the evolution of how organizations will have to think about responding in this environment. One of those is just what's the resolve that we have to address the immediate challenge. A second component then is, well, what's our resilience? How do we adapt quickly to the circumstances? What do we have to change immediately? Then what is a, what are the plans that we start making to returning to the new environment? And how do we reimagine that? And what does it look like? How do we reframe it? When it comes to what I'm seeing across the ecosystem, some organizations are better at that than others. And clearly those organizations who are quite large, maybe have strong capital reserves, they're able to hold on to team members in their roles or even put them off into special project teams to adapt. When it comes to small business, and I've been super fortunate to spend many years working in the small business space here in Canada and in Europe uh, across a number of countries, it, it, it's different. You, you depending upon the scope of the small business, the people, every member of the team is rolling up their sleeves and active to drive success. And so the criticality then of what are the immediate decisions that need to be made? How do I keep my business operating? How do I augment the services I'm providing in a real time way? And then how do I ensure this communication stream with my customers, my suppliers and others so that I can manage the challenge through its evolution? It is really, really, uh, really difficult and challenging. So I, my, my encouragement there is there are a number of sites that are popping up to support through that process. There are tools available as well. We've brought out from Microsoft's perspective, specific offers to small businesses to assist in uh, the decision-making and collaboration frameworks through this period, which I would definitely encourage small businesses to take advantage of. And then there's this other piece though of this idea of uh, similar to what Satya Nadella shared with us as leaders that I'm really using as a framework for decision-making being this concept of relentless prioritization and what is it that I, as a leader, whether I'm in a large business or a small business, how do I need to think differently? What do I need to do for the next three hours? What do the next three days look like? What are my priorities in that time frame? Then what are the next three weeks and three months? I think where most small business leaders are situated is there's day-to-day -day operations, but then they're also thinking about well, geez, what can my business evolve into in a year or two years or what's my long-term vision? Right now, it's a real three hours, three days, three months kind of mindset, a real compact component. Mm -hmm. And then the relentless prioritization within that of what needs to be executed. It's, uh, it's definitely a very, very challenging period. And uh, my hat's off to everyone who is realigning and readjusting through it. Fantastic, like amazing information, a lot of great insights. So thank you, thank you a lot for sharing this. So now just coming to our conclusion here and sure. I really wanna make something fun with you now. Okay. So now there we're we gonna go. go to the real caught by surprise moment with you. Okay. 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 So Kevin Pisker, I'm gonna go a little bit into your roots, right? So yes. we can get to know you better. So I'm gonna right. challenge you in two topics. Okay. 
First one more personal. Okay, and second one, I want to know how much you know about Canada. Sure. Uh, let's start with the first yeah. one. Yes. I know you live it in a lot of different countries. Right? Yeah. Can you name at least five of them and share one that you had a very interesting story? Oh, geez, that's super easy. Yeah, I've traveled to over 70 countries, so naming five, and I've lived in a bunch of places, uh, naming five would be easy. So uh, forget Canada, forget the United States. I've lived in England multiple times, lived in Ireland as well, took my family there. More interesting is I also spent a big chunk of time in Australia and in Seoul, Korea. I had stints where I was living in Seoul, Korea, which is a little bit more uh, out there. Uh, the one that, that really resonated with me was when I lived in Harare, Zimbabwe, which is kind of la a landlocked country north of South Africa, east, uh, west, uh, east of Mozambique, west of Mozambique and east of Zambia and south of Malawi. Uh, my best experience uh, truly was in my life was going from growing up in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and then landing in Harare, Zimbabwe, where I was initially hosted by the University of Zimbabwe and then worked for a British multinational for a year, uh, engaging with members of the Zimbabwean community who literally would take me out to their villages. And uh, I was the first Canadian anyone had ever met, getting to meet the chiefs, engage with the people, being, being uh, fed and hosted in the way that they do that uh, in Africa, in uh, effectively uh, home environments that are so different to what we would all experience in Canada was just phenomenal. And I think my my learnings from going around the world and, and operating and living on five continents is just effectively how similar humanity is around core components of integrity and uh, and love and passion and optimism and their desire to help others it, no matter what the economic stratosphere is or scenario is for individuals was was really really uplifting and i saw way more commonality than differences the more i traveled and the more i got to engage well, I was not expecting this, so thank you for sharing all this. That, that is amazing. I knew like you have lived in different counties, but I didn't know about this experience. So thank you. Now my last one. That's a time it challenge. Okay. You have okay. ten seconds. Ten seconds. How many provinces and territories we have across Canada? Okay, we have thirteen. Actually, none of them matter except for Saskatchewan because I was born there. But aside from that, Inuvit, uh, Inuvit, Northwest Territories. Alberta, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec, Newfoundland, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia. I'm missing some Prince Edward Island. I'm missing somebody. Yukon. Did I get Perfect. Them all? Did you I got miss? it. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> well done. Kevin, thank you so much. Who from your direct yes. reports yes. you want to put through this challenge as my next interviewer? Oh my gosh, fantastic. You know who I think would be amazing at this time would be uh, Linda Sampson. Have you met with Linda yet? Not yet. Hey, so Linda is our, like Linda's our CFO. She is phenomenal, a brilliant business person. 
who has a great understanding of the technology ecosystem, but also is right in the depths of managing through from a financial perspective, the circumstances that we're all in in terms of assisting our customers, assisting our partners, how we're managing internally and through that process, et cetera. I think she'd be phenomenal. Uh, Linda's amazing. Yeah. Well, Linda, get ready. I'm coming for you. Okay, you're not going to run away from me. Fantastic. I mean, again, thank you. Thank you so much for this time. It was so special. And oh, I'm super you, excited having you with us. And I'm sure all the, the customers and partners out there are going to have a lot of good time learning from you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Keith.